privilege to be here today. Greet all of you, saints of God and visitors today and newer folks. Thankful that you're here today. Appreciate you getting out of bed today and getting all dressed up to come to church. Brother and Sister Playo and Brother and Sister Hull, would you join us up here on the platform? Join me on the platform, please, today. Oh, thank you. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Someone's remembering. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, Pastor just asked me to say something good about the Lord, and in my Bible reading last night, I read a scripture. It's um, you probably know. It's either in 135 Psalms or 136. It's talk. It's the scripture. It's the passage that's talking about His mercy endureth forever. 36, thank you. <laughs> and as I'm reading a scripture that stuck out to me, it says even, it says roughly, I don't have my Bible in front of me, forgive me, but it says even in my low places, his mercies endureth forever. And that stuck out to me so greatly because in 124 when I had been reading, there's at the beginning of a scripture, it says, but for God. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm putting these two and two together and I'm thinking, but for God, if it had not been for him, loving me in my low places, where would I be? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I don't have much to say about that except other than I'm so thankful that we serve a God that loved us even in our low places, even in our struggling places, even when it was hard. His mercies endureth forever. I'm going to repeat that again. His mercies endureth forever. And so if you're struggling today with any type of doubt, any type of pain in your heart today, I want to remind you that even in those low places where you're at, if it had not been for God, you wouldn't be where you're at today, praise the Lord, and he, would, he is still loving you each and every step of the way. Sister, praise the Lord. If you have a Bible today, open it with me to the Old Testament poetry book of Psalms, and particular chapter number 30. Amen. Sister Playl, Sister Hull, would you join us? Get your Sister Hull out. Class, okay. Sister Playl, would you join us, please? Psalm chapter 30. David said, I will, I love the way the word will is all capitalized in the King James over here. I, this is all caps because I requested it to be, but in your Bible, they are, it's not that way. But the word will is, I will emphatically extol thee. That word extol means glorify. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. Hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but for a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. Read the rest of that with me. But joy cometh in the morning. Amen. 
a night and day difference. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy today. Thank you for the work of the Spirit that's going on in our presence, Lord, today. For visitors, for home folk, for elders, for young people, let us leave here better than we came today, changed by the presence of God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. God bless you. You may be seated, giving thanks to God for all good things. A night and a day a difference. A night and a day difference. Our text today is one of those special places in Holy Scripture. It can't help but grab your heart as you casually pass by Psalm chapter 30. It injects this smidgen of hope into dark situations. It's one of those verses that you know isn't bound by testaments, rather the, be it the old or the new. You don't read it and think, is he talking to the Jewish nation or the Gentile bride? You don't worry if it's part of the law or part of grace. It speaks to every human being's heart whenever you pass by it. That weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You didn't ask about my opinion, but I'll give it to you anyway. This is one of my top ten favorite verses, Brother Tossin, in all of the Scripture. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. At first glance, the remark that David makes about the anger of God is short-lived, and it's supposed to bring you and I comfort. But in the Bible, your very Bible today, God's anger was kindled 18 times, provoked 40 times. His anger is called hot, furious, fierce, 37 times. His anger was turned against Achan, Moses, Solomon, David, Uzziah, Israel, and will eventually be turned against all the wicked. God's anger is nothing to be ignored. Can I get an amen? Ananias and Sapphira found out a side of God they wish they never had right in the house of God. They died because they lied to God. Kingdoms fell. Governments were wiped out when God's anger was on display. Evil lives snuffed out. An angel killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night when God said, that makes me mad. We don't want to talk about that part of the Bible, Pastor Harry. And yet David said, I've experienced the anger of God to the point where I realize it's just for a moment. It's just a brief hint of it that comes through life occasionally. David was given the, the, the task of answering a technical question. What would you like God to do because of your sin? 
Would you like God to do this, that, or that? Would you like him to smite all of Israel? Or would you like just to go through a bit of tribulation in your own personal life? And David couldn't answer. He said, I'm just, I'm just prostrating myself, prostrating myself at the presence of a holy God. But when you can look in the rearview mirror and know where you have been and say, it's just for a brief moment in time. When you can look at where you've been in, in your walk with God and say, the days of God's judgment on my life were momentary, but all the goodness God has done has been lasting and lasting and lasting in my life. I'm just going to tell you how I feel it. Beware people who will never tell you that there's an occasional day in life where God demands justice from you. Nobody's perfect. We've all made bad choices. And sometimes God shows us a side that we don't, that we all hope doesn't last very long. But enough said. His anger is momentary, but his favor is, David said, for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a moment, but in his favor is life. Paul the Apostle put it this way in 2 Corinthians 4, 17. He said, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, You know what makes elders, elders, Brother David wrote out of James chapter 5. He said out of James chapter 5 this morning. You, you just put yourself in the judgment seat for a moment. Is he talking about old people? Call for the elders of the church? Old men, old women? That's not what he's saying at all. Is he talking about just the established people in the congregation? Maybe. But read down a little bit. And he said, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. That's the identification of an elder right there. He said, call for the elders. Then he said, because the effectual, fervent prayer of righteous people, people that are right with God, those are elders in the eyes of the Lord. And the Apostle Paul said, it's but for a moment. It's but for a moment. The light affliction, it's just there, but it's going to be gone soon enough. The key for you and I is not throwing away life in those moments of affliction. Not giving up because it's hard right now. Don't quit on God because you're under the, or in the spotlight of life right now. Don't quit the church because someone's making life difficult for you right now. You've got to endure some things in life. It's but for a moment, a moment, a moment. Paul said those things that you endure that are just momentary, look what he said, they're working for you. They're actually working for you. Those struggles at home, those struggles in your finances, those struggles in your health, those struggles with your fellow man, those problems that you just scratch your head over and you don't have an answer to. You know what Paul said? Just a brief window of time. 
You just got to endure some of those moments when you don't know how to identify the reason behind them. Because, because you're going to come out better on the other side. They're working for you. Working for you. What are they working to accomplish? A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The morning brings renewing. The writer said, they that sow in tears, Psalm 126, verse 5, shall reap in joy. The moments when you're wringing your hands, no one can calm your mind. They're working something out in your life, though. It's about to change for you. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1, verse 4, he said to that young preacher, I'm, I'm mindful of your tears. I'm mindful of the suffering that's going on in your life. Sometimes it's just good to have someone elbow up to you and say, praying for you. I know you're going through something. I'm not, I'm not talking about people that are, that are trying to be nosy. Tell me what all is going on in your life. I just mean people that want to comfort you. He said, I see your tears. About the time you think you can't take any more. Sister Rima, any more migraine headaches? Just at my wit's end. talked last Sunday in Psalm 30 about David why, asking God, why aren't you answering those momentary times of affliction? I've asked you to heal this, to fix that, to cure this, to provide an answer for that. Paul saying, just hang in there. Your tears are not being ignored. About the time you want to give up, God's going to give you relief. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. The Apostle Paul said that we shall reap Galatians 6 if, what? We don't quit or give up. Throw away all the good work of God. Don't faint. You want to faint. My flesh says quit. Think about this, though. It was the cry of the Egyptians, Exodus 12, verse 30. It was the cry of Egypt that broke Pharaoh's will when he heard his own people suffering. He heard his own brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. He heard the grandparents. He heard the grandbabies crying all of Egypt. And verse 31, he can't take it anymore. He calls Moses and Aaron and said, get out of my country. Their tears brought about the deliverance of the entire Hebrew nation. I'm telling you, the days of sorrow, I don't like them and you don't appreciate them and I get it. But if you don't quit, it's okay to question things in life and God's okay to question what's going on in your life. Just don't quit. No, somehow, some way, you've got to keep this in mind. Somehow, I'm going to get through this just like I got through that. Some way God's going to get my family through this 
like he got my family through that. The writer said in Nehemiah 8 verse 10, that's the joy of the Lord is my strength. He didn't say my joy, he said the joy of the Lord. I know we can tap into that, but he's talking about something that may not always be present in my own life. In Psalm 1611, David wrote this, that in his fullness is the presence of joy. In the fullness of joy, excuse me. And at his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. That's why it pays great rewards, great dividends to hang around the Lord. And I don't want to hang around you if you don't want to hang around the Lord. I've got enough junk in my head going on every day. I got enough battles in my life with things and people and strife and drama and situations of this world. John looked at the world and said, the whole thing, it just lies in wickedness. 1 John 5.19, by the way. I didn't give you that scripture. But it's there, 1 John 5.19. He said, the whole thing is just wicked. That's why coming to church is so important. It just gives me... It, it, it fills my cup back up. It gets my thinking back where it should be. It gets my attention and my affection back where they need to be. At his right hand are pleasures. There goes that, there, there goes that eternal outlook again. There's momentary suffering. And then there's lifelong joy that they fight one another and we read it every week or two every service or two in Isaiah 12 3 therefore with joy therefore with joy therefore with joy shall we draw water you know what that reference to water is there in Isaiah 12 refreshing we draw refreshing out of the wells of salvation that's why listen to me visitor or new convert that's why when people Say, I'm sure glad I got the Holy Ghost in my life. What are they doing? What are they talking about? I'm sure glad I've been baptized in Jesus' name. They're trying to grab refreshing out of their salvation experience. Might get quiet in here now, and I'm not looking at my notes, so I'm just going to fish a while right here. God forbid that we let our Holy Ghost experience grow to a place of indifference. People born in church, people full of the Holy Ghost but born in church, you need a refreshing today. You need a refreshing today. And I'm not talking about some religious experience out there, confess Him as your Savior. Look, we got to do that every day. We got to acknowledge Him every day. I need you today, Lord. We got to. Every day you ought to make this part of your prayer life. God, would you be in the middle of every decision I make today, every choice I make today, everywhere I walk today, would you be part of that? So you've got to confess his presence every day. I'm talking about that moment in time when you took this step and the next one you were a brand new creature in Christ. We're drawing refreshment off of that experience. It is real. 
But you can still hurt even though you have the Holy Ghost. Something inside of us, a burning, glowing presence of the Lord is telling us, He didn't bring me this far just to abandon me. I'll say it again. He didn't bring any of us this far just to say, I'm done with you now. I'm done with you now. Oh, I want, I, I want to tell somebody what I told someone in another state recently. Don't go backwards, all right? There, there may be days you tread water and you stand still. And I've heard it all. I, I, I remember the evangelist kind of scolding us for talking about standing still. But there's just times in life that we stand still and tread water. They're just, listen, I've come through too much, and so have you, brothers and sister. You know, there's just times you don't make a lot of headroom. You're just trying to stay alive with all of the junk that's going on in your life. But those moments are short-lived. Those moments are short-lived, brother. There's times you just have to get through. Remember this, he didn't bring you to this point in time just to say, you know what, I'm done with you. I'm sick of your whining. I'm sick of your crying. It's not why he did. It's not what he does. I mean, he brought you this far because he trusts you. And he's going to get you through today's affliction or tomorrow's concerns. You know the only person breathing today that God cannot help? I've gone too far. I've, done, I've broken too many promises. I, I've, I've blasphemed. I've turned my back on God. I'm not even going to ask him for help anymore. You're not beyond help. You might be fighting a different battle than he's fighting, but you're not beyond help. The only person God cannot help is a person that walks away from God and says, leave me alone, God. There's an entire chapter in the book of Romans dedicated to that, chapter 1. It's called a reprobate. They just assume in the face of God. The devil wants me to believe this. You've done too many bad things. You've had too many bad thoughts. You've opened your mouth in a bad way one too many times. You know when I hear those voices? In the night. In the night seasons of my life. I'm enduring the night. No one's texting me saying, I love you, man, praying for you. They're calling me on the bear stand when I got one night left to hunt, and they're dumping their world on me. They're unloading. They, no, I can't hang up. You are going to listen because my world is collapsing. And you know, when I hear those voices, Brother Estrada, in my night seasons, what's the point of going on? Every time I make two steps forward, I fall three steps backwards. And I hear that voice saying, just quit. Just move on. Just give up. John chapter 9, you don't have this, but Jesus looked out across that, that sea of people in 
the Bible said this. This, this is some simple revelation that came to me recently. It's not profound. You're going to scratch your head thinking, that's revelatory. But it just happened to me, that little portion of that scripture jumped off the page at me. When Jesus said, I see all this people like a sheep with no shepherd. Oh, wait, did you hear that? You know what Jesus said? There are sheep everywhere out there. Sheep everywhere out there. Some of them in the Baptist church. Some of them in the Catholic assembly. Some of them in the wherever. Put a name on any sign you want. There's even some sheep in the Pentecostal church. Some. Well, that clap died quickly, didn't it? But it just kind of, it just sort of stood out to me. But not all of his sheep are sitting here this morning. But every sheep needs direction. Every sheep needs a shepherd. Why would he even say that unless sheep are prone to make bad choices unless the presence of the shepherd is in their life, right? Hello, somebody. He said, I see them all. They look like my sheep, but they're just kind of meandering everywhere without direction. What's the point? What's the point in supporting the work? I work hard every day giving my money to a, to a church. What's the point? You know when I hear those voices, everything's dark around me. Not physically, but in my mind, my spirit. But I'm persuaded these guys don't love me anymore. anymore. When I'm persuaded I've, I've over, overstayed my time, I hear those voices. Any, any level of wit, though, in the spiritual dimension eventually speaks to us something like this. God's not the author of confusion. Paul said that. And every good gift is from above, James says. God doesn't give evil gifts, bad gifts, negative gifts. God doesn't tell you to run. That's not God's nature. God doesn't tell you to quit throwing the towel. That's not God's nature. God's voice will always be the one that says, come on back to me, sir. Come on back to me, friend. Come on back to me. Just trying to tell somebody today might be in their season of darkness. And it may be there because of nothing you have done. Maybe just the enemy said, I'm sick of looking at you. And I'm going to turn up the heat on you today. I'm going to ratchet up pressure against you today. Like I said, never heard one person all my life say their favorite book in the Bible is Job. But when you finally come back to a place of sensible sensibility, you hear that voice of God saying, it's going to be all right. That's when you know you're in the company of the right voice. Anytime, anytime anybody tells you, just quit, give up, throw in the towel, walk away from your life, walk away from your home, walk away from your job, walk away from your family. You know where that's coming from. You don't, have, you don't need to counsel with anybody. I can tell you where that's coming from.
Jesus said it this way. You don't have this again, but I'm just meandering a little bit. John 3, 19, that men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. Darkness just seems to bring out a different voice. A lot of hikers in the house today, a lot of climbers and hikers and hunters and fishers and, and just outdoors people. Brother Rick, I told you the other day, I, I went to fishing game, was just talking through some issues, questions I had, and uh, I made comment about the owl display on there, and they gave me that little pamphlet or, you know, 20-page booklet. I just sat there reading that with just total fascination. They're, they can't move their eyes left to right, but they can move their head 270 degrees, the owl can. But they can hear better, see more keenly than you and I. Their sensitivities are heightened more so at night than in the day. And there's nothing like walking down an old trail after dark in hunting season, Brother Tate, and you hear that, ooh. Or you hear over here rustling in the, in the alder, some kind of heavy stomping, you know, that's no robin over there, all right? <laughs> Last year, I was out by my bear stand in hunting season, for moose season. And I was walking down the trail, and it was morning, mid-morning, 9 o'clock, 9.30, whatever. And I heard this shrill, shrill, I wish I could duplicate the sound, but I can't. Just a shrill shrieking off to my right, and I saw the tops of these elders, alders flailing back and forth. I said, what the heck? And it just kept it up, this shrill shrieking. What in the world is that? If it had been night, that's no telling. I, I'd have panicked. It's funny how brave we are when the sun is out. <laughs> Got a big rifle in your hand. Darkness comes on, we're like, oh, no. And I sat there and I watched. I, I, I had no idea, but I, I hunkered down. I got a position where I could see the alders moving. I must have watched, watched for 30 minutes. And then somehow this one alder sort of fell over so I could see it more, and there was this porcupine on the ground. Watched it for a few more minutes, and a second one came out. I don't know what they were doing, but they were making noises. It scared me. <laughs> and I thought, hey, listen, there's no closed season on porcupines, okay? So don't think I'm having a bad thought here. I thought, I ought to shoot you both just for scaring me today. You know? <laughs> I could have done that. I had a hunting license. It's legal. I didn't. I just hear voices when, you know, when the darkness is in my mind, I hear things. <laughs> things that I just cannot say I'm comfortable with. Here's what David said. His anger endures but for a moment. In his favor is life. He said, weeping, it may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. He didn't say it might come tomorrow morning. He said it's coming. Somebody hear me. He didn't say it might get better for you. He said it's going to get better for you. Joy is coming in the morning. 
I, I don't like my job. I hate people I work with. Everything's wrong in my world. Joy is going to come. Guaranteed relief. You just don't give up. Just don't give up. Don't give in. Thank you, merciful God, for your goodness today, for your strength, for your peace, for your word today, the presence of the Lord we feel in this company of people. Thank you for caring. Thank you for ministering. Thank you for, for providing. Jesus, I trust and praise you today. I know, dear God, today that some are struggling this morning. Some of the old, some of the young are struggling today. Pray, God, you'd comfort their heart with the word of the Lord. Comfort their heart with the presence of your spirit, Lord Jesus. It's going to get better.